We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And this part two of, of what we're going to discuss here in the show is, okay, so we've now have two games under our belt against teams. And our name is supposed to kind of beat up a little bit. What are some areas and what are some things that we want to see from this team moving forward? Not, not so much question marks. I, I discussed that a little bit last week, but like, you know, what are the areas where we feel they need to what build on, but then also improve upon in the next couple games. And, and for me, the the starting off of the offense, it's just keep doing what you're doing in the run game from a scheme standpoint, but be a little bit more diverse. But I, as far as how you get to it, and I'll and I'll have more on that here in a few. But I, I the big thing is I like what they're doing schematically, run game wise, Vince. They just got to clean it up a little bit and just be a, be sharper. They, I thought they gave yeah. up a few too many mistakes but if they clean some of that stuff up that run game performance would have been really nasty because they were constantly like just get that one body on a body and you're you're going to be good so i'm not i'm not like upset about it it's just like okay it was there you're 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 playing hard and all that you just got to clean some stuff up a little bit that to me was the, the the biggest takeaway that i have from the first two games when i look at breaking down the the nerdium the nerdium run game yeah, as far, as far as the run game is concerned, I've actually liked the variations that they've been throwing at teams in the run game, right? It's not like, remember last year, we would all, in, in this show, we would always, that oh, was duo again and duo and do, like, it was just, it was, doesn't matter what scheme they're going against. It doesn't matter what team they're going to go against. It's just, they're going to run what they run. And, you know, that was, that was who they were. I like the fact, I like the scheme that they've been throwing at teams. I think it has been varied. I think that they're coming at it from different formations. I think that the schemes that they're they're coming, like I like the pin and pull. Like they're using, they're taking advantage of the, the linemen that they have. They've got some guys that are pretty good with their feet. They can get out. They can move around. I like the pin and pull stuff that we were talking about earlier. I like how they're doing it. The bet, But the thing that they have to do is they have to execute. They have to be cleaner with the execution because if they are, this stable of running backs is going to be dangerous, man. Like they're going to continue 
to wreak havoc and they can just bring in fresh legs and bring in fresh legs and bring in fresh legs and, and, and also use those guys in the past game as well. So I, I like what they've been doing from a schematic standpoint, it just has to be tighter. It has to be, it has to be cleaner. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're looking for last-minute tickets to this weekend's big matchup between Notre Dame and NC State, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Another thing I want to see, Vince, obviously, is you're going to have to generate some, some, find some more ways to make some big plays, right? We saw a little bit of the big plays on Saturday against them. Some of it translates. I mean, look, I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing Georgia or USC or Clemson or Ohio State. If you get this group of running backs in space, especially Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price, and to a degree, Jabron Payne, they're going to, they're going to rip off big plays. I don't care who they're playing. Like that to me translates. Now, better teams won't turn guys loose that often. But look, keep keep doing that. I love how often they're getting the running backs involved in the game plan. I, I, I do like that. I definitely like that. My only complaint, if I if I could say anything, Vince, my my issues are more not issues, questions are because it just it wasn't there against Navy because of how much they were pressuring. You needed to get the ball out quickly and just pick them apart. It wasn't there against Tennessee State because they were just basically bailing, so you just ate up the middle of the field and the intermediate stuff. That's fine. 
but I do want to see fine. I want to do see their name just a few more, few more stuff where they're just trying to design some big plays. Now that they've done that, I mean that the the pass to Bias Merriweather against Navy early in the game that was thrown out of bound, that was thrown late by Hartman. It wasn't put a line. That was an attempt to design a big play. There were several times they 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 drew things up. The the post scissors is an attempt for a big gain. Uh, they got some. I just I wanted to see them just a little bit more, just being aggressive and and, but that's going to require the the the, I mean if we're being honest, Vince, that's going to require the offensive line to be a little bit more of, of consistent in the run game. I would say because if I'm going to be thrown on first and ten to take some of those shots. I, I got to know that that uh, you're going to be a little bit better when it comes to, okay, you're going to get me six the next play. You know what I mean? Those are the things that I that I look at and and say something that I just want to see a little bit more of. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I I agree completely. I I think that I think this is a dangerous group, man. And the more creative Jared Parker can be in getting the ball in the hands of the of these running backs, the better off this team is going to be. And it just adds to the weapons list that not only Jared Parker has to deal with, but that Sam Hartman has to deal with. Like he's not afraid to put the ball in the hands of whoever's open, and you know whether that's in the run game in an RPO situation, whether it's in the pass game in a checkdown situation. You know he's going to put the ball in the hands of whoever is there, and he's confident that whoever is there is going to be making the plays. And so uh, the creativity, I- I'm very interested to see moving forward now the creativity of Jared Parker to not just do the same thing week after week after week, but to, okay, that we put this on film. Let's vary it up a little bit. Let's, 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 okay. We still want to be able to do this, but this is how we're going to get to it. Right. Let the, the maturation process of him as an offensive coordinator. I'm very interested to see too. Yes, very much. So I, I, I the receiving core to me still needs to continue getting better they've been solid they there's still room for them to be better in my opinion when it when you look at that group that's still a little bit of a question mark for me at this point in time it's okay how good are they at this point in time how good are they at being able to to uh go out there and handle handle business and make some of those big plays i I think that still to me remains a little bit of a question mark and they they haven't needed the wide receivers up to this point to like go out and make a big play. Like, you know, the third down uh, to Thomas was a, was a good big play, you know, things of that nature. But like, we haven't needed the receivers to, 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 to do a lot yet. Now there's some stuff I would have liked to see them do to, to win those games. Sure. Right. But you, you kind of expect them to kind of, you know, I, I mean, maybe that's just me. I expect them to just be a little bit more impactful. Sure. Than they have been I get so that. far. I get that they're going to so, have some opportunities, and I they're going to need to take advantage of these opportunities moving forward. Yeah. They're going to have to. They have to step up. Yeah, look, looking at it too, Vince. I I, I want to see a little bit more. I'm trying to think of the the, the, the right way I want to say this. I, I want to see a little bit more. Like I want to see a little bit more run game out of eleven personnel. And I, I thought we saw we saw more of that Saturday. We we did. We saw a little bit more eleven personnel run on Saturday, which was which was good to see. They got to get better at it, you know. But the touchdown, the touchdown to uh, Jeremiah Love was a thirty-six yard run out of eleven personnel. They ran an inside zone out of eleven personnel in the third quarter. Audric Estime went for twenty-six yards, so uh, that was good to see. We didn't see much of that in the opener, 
it was kind of Navy related, which you talked about. So I, I do want to see them continue to build on that, be a little bit more. Uh, I just, when I watched it, I had kind of a gut reaction of like, they're just not running enough out of 11 personnel was my gut feeling. Then as I broke the game down, it's like, okay, in this game, they had 14 runs out of 11, 11, 14 pass plays out of 11 personnel and 11 runs or 13 runs out of 11 personnel. Uh, actually, excuse me. It was, um, 15 pass plays and 12 runs out of 11 personnel. That's pretty good balance out of 11 personnel. And then I was like, well, they just seem to be so really kind of, kind of run heavy out of 12 personnel, right? That was kind of my next take. It just, you know, again, you have these gut reactions after a game, right? Vince, but against Tennessee state, they had 11 uh, pass plays out of 12 personnel. And they had actually, uh, excuse me, they had 12 pass plays out of 12 personnel. And they had 12 pass plays out of uh, 11 personnel. Hmm. I mean, excuse me. They had, uh, excuse me, 12 12 run plays out of 12 personnel and 12 pass plays out of run personnel. Now, there's a couple RPOs that were throws on design run plays, but that that doesn't skew it a whole lot unless it's like, you know, like nine of them. So there was actually better balance than I thought. So what that leads me to believe is like, okay, the effectiveness in those things has to get a little bit better in some of those areas. And and that's kind of really what it boils down to. So, when you look at Notre Dame uh, out of 12 personnel events, they were seven of, let's see here, they were seven of 11 throwing the football out of 12 personnel with gains of 12, 6, 1, 4, 11, and 11. And then they had a check down that went for 40 yards, but it's kind of like that wasn't a scheme-driven thing. So then you break it down and it's like, okay, the 12 personnel pass game has to get more effective. Yeah, you had the check down, but again, does that translate as much as you'd like it to? I don't think it does. And I mean, you talk about four incomplete passes. They only threw six the whole game. So they were, you know, 12 personnel just has to get a little bit better. And, and, and you know, I'm going to actually do them, do add it up here real quick, Vince. Uh, I'm going to just kind of, as I'm, as I'm thinking through this, but then they had like a, a scramble. So let's see here, four, one, six, 12. So of the, plays where they actually threw the ball down the field they completed uh, why did that x show up they completed like i said six passes on, on like non-checkdown passes for 45 yards that's it so and when it's 7.5 yards per attempt or per completion so when you look at the production in that regard, Vince, does that really protect your run game? Because you do want to run the ball out of 12 personnel. Does that type of 12 game, 12 personnel pass game production really scare teams to say, hey, right. 12 personnel, you got to respect the pass. So even though the run pass balance was better than I thought, the production was not as effective out of that. And so right now, your best pass game formation is when you're in 11 personnel. Sure. Which means you've got to be that's okay there's nothing wrong with that you've got to be better running the ball out of 11 personnel which they took a step towards that on saturday right which was a good thing but now you've got to be so you've got to get even continue to get even better and better there but now the next step is vince you've got to get better running the ball out or throwing the ball out of 12 so here's an example here are the gains that they had in uh, actually let's do it this way so if you look at all the completions they had and you look at their see three two three four five six their six longest completions uh that were non-checkdown type of situations were all out of 11 personnel all right so 
you need to be able to find some ways to create some of those bigger plays in the pass game out of 12 personnel if you're going to use it as much as you are. And they're using it a lot. I Actually, more than I thought they were, to be completely honest with you. And if you're going to do that, that's fine. But you better start being more effective getting the ball down the field out of that formation. Right. So that's then it something becomes a, to get then it becomes a tell. It becomes a tell for defenses. And, you know, hey, they're in 12. They may they may throw the ball and that's fine, but, you know, they're not going to be effective at it. So right. we're going to we're when we see 12, we're going to stop the run like that's why we're going to be there. Right. So um, that's that is absolutely something that they need to work on because they are so good at running the ball out of 12. They have to be good at passing the ball out of 12. Right. And I and I think, you know, you get Holden stays involved. You get so yeah. I'm not worried about it, but it's something that they need to work on. And that's what this right. segment is about. It's like, okay, what do they need to work on moving forward? I like that. Throw in the ball out of 12. Yeah. Cause the, obviously if you, if you break it down again, this is, this is with the first team offensive line. They had 16 runs out of 12 personnel for 103 yards. They had 11 runs out of uh, 13 runs out of 11 personnel for 110 yards. So they actually were more explosive running the ball out of 11 personnel, which is that's the compliment you want. You had the 36-yard gain, yet another quality game out of there. But in 12 personnel, they were more efficient. So they only averaged 6.4 yards per carry out of 12 personnel. But if you look at it, it wasn't actually that good because out of 12 personnel, they had that 50-yard gain. So if you take that out, they had 53 yards on 15 carries. That's only 3.5 yards per carry, but they were still pretty good from an efficiency standpoint out of 12 personnel or solid. They were at 66.7, which is solid for, and when you consider how, how much Tennessee loaded the box whenever they saw 12 personnel, I mean, they really loaded the box up out of 12 personnel, Oh yeah, which is why they were able to have some gash runs out of 11 because there weren't as many bodies in the box when they're in spread it out. So again, to the point is if you can then create some, so like, what 11 personnel has done is created some gash plays in the run game because they spread the other team out. So you're, you're, it's, it's more of a, a pass effective formation, but it's opened up some, some run game opportunities for big plays, right? You're not getting that same thing out of 12 personnel, which is more of a run game driven personnel grouping in your formations you're using out of it or more run game more doing a lot of like Trey bunch and a lot of ACE formation with two tights attached to line scrimmage. You're doing a lot of that stuff. And that's fine. That's going to condense the box though. I, I mean, we saw it last year. It's going to condense the box. So if you're not able to do things to hurt them when they do that and a bunch of sixes and tens and 11s, that's not going to scare NC state. Like you guys couldn't even gash, you know, Tennessee state Navy doing, you know, it's more so Tennessee state. You guys couldn't gash them. Hey, we're going to make you beat us throwing the football out of that. Well, Notre Dame's going to have to have a plan to do that. And that's going to be the next step for Coach Parker when you start talking about building the offense. So, again, they've laid a good foundation. They've shown good balance. And, and now it's about the effectiveness, Vince. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm more happy that the effectiveness hasn't been as good than the balance hasn't been there from a right. call play-calling right. standpoint. Because that would tell me, okay, in this guy's head, Jared Parker's head, when he's in 12, it's run. When he's 11, it's pass. You know, coaches can get into that rut in a game, Vince, where it's just like, okay, I, I, I'm 100%. going to the stuff I like to do throwing the football, so I'm 11. When I'm running around the ball, I'm going to go 12. The fact that when you broke the film down and you saw, man, this is really good balance, run-to-pass balance in both alignments. Okay. And it's not like Notre Dame pulled in through a bunch of RPOs. They threw a few, but not a ton. This is okay. He understands the need 
to be balanced and be effective or to, to, to run and throw out of both personnel groups. Now you just got to figure out ways to get better at throwing the ball out of 12. That's the big key. Yep. Absolutely. And so I mean, absolutely. I, what's your take on them? I mean, are, are you at least happy to see that kind of balance knowing that oh, they can, I, they I didn't alter the game plan? I honestly, until you told me that that was the balance, that's not the way my gut thought that the game went. Exactly. Same yeah. with me, Vince. Same yeah. with me. Uh, so I'm glad that you went and took the time to break it down and, and figure that stuff out because it tells me a couple of different things. Number one, it tells me that, you know, Jared Parker's a fairly new caller of plays, right? I mean, we we know that he wasn't calling his offense in West Virginia and all those different things. It, it makes me happy that he is fairly balanced when he when it and and he's it, there's, a, there's a thought process into how he's calling plays so that makes me very happy it also makes me happy that i think it's just an execution problem at, at some areas that they can just clean up like that's all coachable things that if jared parker keeps doing hit what he's doing on his end and then they clean up some of these little things on the the execution and the play style man this offense is going to just take off and they're going to have defensive coordinators just guessing. And that's yeah. where you want to be as an offense. You want to be effective in all of these different personnel packages. You want to be just as effective, run and pass, so that you've got like, man, okay, do we do we load the box here? Do we bring pressure here? Do we defend the pass here? Notre Dame was very predictable in the past. They just were. And it, yeah. made, it, it made it easier for defenses to game plan against Notre Dame. And it was effective. Right now, there were plenty of times where Notre Dame just out athleted or, or just outplayed other teams, but they were very predictable. This is changing like this is changing a little bit now. Now, we're only two games in and there's still a bunch of football to be played. But where we're at right now, I'm like I said, I'm happy you took the time to do that because I see where Jared Parker's trying to go with this. And if they could just clean up a few different things, this offense is going to be very difficult to stop. And that's really exciting moving forward. Now, there are a couple tendencies that I've noticed, Vince, and it was even true in the Tennessee State game. Here's one. So one of the things I did breaking down the game, and again, this is why you guys need to be on the message board because you get the whole enchilada. Aldrick Estime has 25 carries in with the first team offensive line. Now remember he got some carries against Navy with the second team offensive line. I don't count those because I think those things can skew your stats either negatively or positively, you rip off a big run against their backup, the backup defense or something like, you know, so 25 carries, 20, 205 yards, 8.2 yards per carry. It's pretty good. 8.7 yards per carry running to the left, 7.5 yards per carry running to the right. Uh, shotgun formation, Audric has 13 carries for um, 87 yards, 6.7 per carry, 12 carries from I formation. So again, there's balance there. He's about equal, you know, a uh, shotgun, and I formation. Here's here's the thing that I will that I will say. Uh, inside zone, he's carried 13 times on inside zone with the first team offensive line. He's carried nine, 10, 12 times on non-inside zone. Now he's got 19 of those 25 carries are inside zone or duo. So they're very downhill with him. Here's here's one of the tells. He has 17 of those carries are out of 12 or 13 personnel. Only eight are out of 11 personnel. Now the good news is most of those eight came against. Tennessee State. So as I'm I'm looking at his numbers now, let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of his eight 11 personnel carries 
came against Tennessee State. So clearly getting past Navy, they they got more of that in there. But that's something that if I'm a team doing breakdowns in Notre Dame, it's a little bit of a tendency that I would have. Now, sure. how do you use that to your advantage? That's the question. Okay, we're going to come out here in 12 personnel under center early on and run a play action shot looking to get somebody deep, right? Okay. Yep, absolutely. You know, because sometimes your tendencies, if you know what your tendencies are, you can use that to your advantage because you know what that other team is going to do. That's what all those analysts are for, right? right? Uh, that's what you want them to be doing. Right. You got to self-scout. Right. And a lot of times, a lot of that self-scouting is done in the buy, but you can't, we don't have that opportunity this year. So right. that self-scouting has to be something that's been, that, that gets done week to week to week. Yep. And you have to be able to use that stuff. You have to, you have, it's just like a player, man. You've got to be coachable as a play caller. Yep. You've got to be coachable. You've got to be able to look at yourself. So uh, hopefully that's taking place. I would assume that yep. it is. I would be shocked if it wasn't. But uh, yes, you can absolutely use yeah. those things to your advantage. Now, the the Navy game skewed this a little bit, but if you look on the season, Notre Dame has carried the ball 37 times out of 12 personnel and 16 times out of 11 personnel. So that's a big difference, but a lot of that had to do with the, the game against Navy. So uh, actually, let me see if I have that up here real quick. Let me see if I can find that. I'm not sure if I still have that breakdown up. Just give me one second here. Um, I'm not sure if I kept that. I hope I kept that sheet. Sometimes I, I'll do like work on a separate sheet, but when I'm done doing the work, I will get rid of that. But it, and it looks like I got rid of that sheet. Well, whippersnappers, Vince. I should have kept that just a little <laughs> bit longer. Whippersnappers. Whippersnappers. Uh, don't have that. But it, it, there, it was very skewed towards Navy game was very heavy yeah. 12 personnel run game wise. They were a lot more balanced in that regard against Tennessee state. So that's a good sign. It's a yeah, good sign. Absolutely a good sign. Defensively Vince, as we, as we wrap up uh, about this one, some things, obviously obvious things tackle better, right? hundred percent. Open field tackling has yeah. got to be better. You know, uh, the first man there has got to either tackle or turn him inside. I mean, something you can't, you cannot, do some of the things that were happening in the open field against better teams. Just can't, yeah. you can't do it. Got to be better. Other, other aspect to it, Vince, obviously we need to see a, a little better balance between, you know, triggering guys and, and turning your athletes loose, right? The, the front four athletes don't, don't be so linebacker driven. Like it's good right. to be line, you know, have your linebackers or be important part, but they're too linebacker driven. It was the problem last year. And that's the way it was against Tennessee state. That concerns me a little bit. Even though I expect the linebackers to be better, it just puts you in some tough spots when you, especially against more mobile quarterbacks. So let's see if your front guys can get some pressure. And if they can't, then you can turn it up a little bit because you have to turn it up a little bit. But I want to see them let those guys loose a little bit more. The big the big question that I have about the defense, Vince, is how good is their pass, game, pass defense? This is the greatest unknown to me about this Notre Dame football team because if you look at the numbers – it is nuts. Like it, like Notre Dame's played two games and they've yet to allow an opponent to get to ninety passing yards. Like, and only one of those. Actually, I'm sorry, but let me be more clear, Vince. They've yet to allow opponent to get to seventy passing yards. And you expect that in the opener against Navy. Sure, you don't maybe expect it as much in, in, in the week two when the opponent threw twenty two passes. Notre Dame's opponents are currently completing 37.9% of their passes. They're averaging 3.8 yards per, per uh, 
attempt and they're averaging about 10 yards a catch. Like those are the 10 yards per catch isn't great. It's good, but it's not great. The 3.8 yards per attempt is insane and not sustainable, right? That's just, it's just not sustainable. The best team in the country last year uh, in yards per attempt was 5.3. That was Iowa. I mean, <laughs> right. You know, and, and they play in a league that's, yeah. first of all, they're phenomenal defensively, yeah. Phil Parker. But if you if you look at the last year in the top 10 of college football in, in passing yards allowed per attempt, see one, two, three, four, five of them were from the Big Ten. That tells you a lot about how bad the Big Ten right. is outside of a couple teams at throwing the football. Right. Right. But especially in one division over the other. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> correct. Yeah. One, two, yeah, three of the five were from the West. I just had a guess on that yeah. one. Yeah. And if you look at like the top 20, you know, obviously. You also can throw Maryland in there and a couple other teams in there. So the point being, that's not sustainable, but how good is it? And and we expected it to be good, but my question is how good? Because they have just been so overly dominant against the first two weeks of uh, opponents. And the athleticism they faced from their opponents in the past game has been subpar. That's just yeah. that's the best way to put it. They haven't been challenged. I love what they're doing. And it's it's not a criticism of them at all. It's not saying, oh, they no, that don't get too excited about them because I haven't played anybody. It's like we've been excited about them, and I just want to see how they do when they're tested. And my sure. my concern sometimes, Vince, is when you are playing a team when you when you haven't been tested that much in the first couple games, and then a team kind of brings a lot better athleticism, it can maybe take you a minute to get used to the speed a little bit. And, and that's kind of a little bit of a question mark kind of coming in NC State. But, man, they've been very good. It's just haven't been tested. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do when they're tested. If they come out of Saturday's game and, and they're still dominant, shutting down the pass game, I'm going to start getting a little bit fired up. Yeah. But – Oh, I, I mean, look, I mean, it, going into the season, it's probably one of the things I was, mo- you know, most excited to see or most confident, I guess, is the best way to put it. Now, some still some question marks at safety and some things like that. But, obviously – the corner position, I think, is going to be rock solid, but we haven't seen it because they just haven't been tested. They've so given up 110 passing yards, 110 passing yards crazy. in two games combined. Yeah, that's that's nuts. That's like yeah. those are video game numbers yeah. that you know. When you set all your exist. players to 99, yes, yeah, exactly. that's exactly right. So you know, it's still a question mark because they haven't been tested. So it's not like a negative, but it's something that we haven't seen that right. we need to see. Right. Uh, you know, moving forward. And so they're fine. They'll finally get at least a test, you know, this yeah. week for sure. Yeah. So um, they have I'm the excited best, about it. They have the best quarter passer rating against um, rating of any power five team in college football. They're, they're ranked sixth overall, but the teams ahead of them are Charlotte, Liberty, UAB, Georgia Southern and Southern Miss. Hmm. So uh, that, you know, that's a, it's impressive. It's been yeah. very, I mean, look at the end of the day, you can only you can only play against the teams that are in front of you, right? For sure. I mean, so it's not saying, oh, you know, they've done something wrong, you know. It, but it, it, it's just one of those things where it's just they're doing what they're supposed to do to inferior opponents, and not only shutting them down. I mean, those are dominant, dominant numbers, Vince. I mean, really, oh, no numbers. There's no doubt, yeah. and that's you know, you talked about letting the D line loose right? Letting them play that, that has a lot to do with how they're going to do in the passing game. Right. When, I mean, when the skill outside is better, you're going to need your front to be yeah. more productive. 
Right. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So those all are part and parcel, right? Those all yeah. go together. And they're only giving uh, up 107 rushing yards per game too. I mean, it's not like, wow. you know, it's not like they're out there getting gashed there either. I mean, they held Navy to 126 yards and held Tennessee state to 89. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's been good. So the numbers are good, man. It speaks to their talent level as well as the poor quality of the competition, but it speaks to their talent level. Now it's like, okay, execute that. If that talent starts executing better, then I'm going to be really, really, really excited about this defense. So I'm, I'm, I'll say this: I'm cautiously optimistic because some of the mistakes we've seen are you expect to see in the opener. I mean, we saw a lot of sloppy football this weekend, Vince, uh, from around the country. A lot right. of sloppy a lot of, football. A lot of week one sloppiness. No, doubt. yes, a lot of bad tackling in week one. A lot of blown assignments. I mean, I'm watching the TCU Colorado game, and and this isn't at all the takeaway from Colorado because they did a great job, but. How many times are you going to let a guy be wide open by 10, 15 yards? I mean, you and I are sitting there watching the game, and I'm like, dude, look how open this guy There's, is, right? There wasn't a defender on the screen. Right. The scheme is going to take you so far. That's just – your defense is terrible. And I pointed this out. In, in TCU's last three games, they've given up over 51 points per game. Wow. Because they gave up 45 to Michigan, 65 to, to um, Georgia, and 45 to Colorado. So it's not like they 65 is just skewing it way bad. I mean, their their best performance is 45 points in the last three games. That's nuts, right? So and then they lost. They lost right. like eight of those guys from last year's team to this year's team. There's only three returning starters on defense. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, it was a it was week one, so yep. a lot of football left to be played. Yep, absolutely. So those are the things we see, Vince. We did have a couple of super chats. I wanna I wanna get to here before we get out of here. We got one from Michael S here all right michael thank you very much for the super chat parker said after the navy or after navy that the receivers weren't tested against the press at the line how do they do against tennessee state what does it mean for nc state good to see burmeister on tv broadcast they weren't really tested by tennessee state either there's a couple times tennessee state jumped quick routes uh added from depth because one thing i'll say from Notre Dame receivers my biggest complaint about the receivers are they're telegraphing their chop route like their stops their quick outs they're they're telegraphing those a little too much with their get off and just because it's a more deliberate get off they're more erect in how they're running like they got to really sell like tobias especially because he's younger he's got to really sell that go off the line like really sell like you're about to run a post by that guy and then snap off your comeback because tennessee state safeties shouldn't be beating you inside like that on an in cut if you're releasing it properly especially the way that they're trying to take away the out the deep stuff so there's some things they got to clean up that there's got to be a greater sense of urgency across the board coming off the line from the outside guys and 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 all that kind of stuff but the press part they still haven't been tested by on that one got a super sticker from john b thank you john very 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 much and then we have a question here from andrew gilmore oh this is a good one andrew gilmore thank you for the super chat if dylan edwards ended up at notre dame would he be a factor on this team? Are you a fan? Oh, and then additionally, are you a fan? Well, let's, let's answer the first one first, and then we'll get okay. to the second one. Would right. he be a factor? I mean, probably. I mean, Notre Dame has shown a willingness to to, yeah. to get it. I don't – I don't. here's what I don't know. They, they recruited him to play receiver. Mm-hmm. If they would have got Dylan Edwards, I have a couple questions. Would they have gone after Devin Ford? Or would they have right. said, "Hey, we're we're pretty good at receiver. Chris, Ty- this Chris Tyree transition has gone really well. Let's move Devin Edwards to, or Dylan Edwards to the running back." Would they've played him cross train him? Would he be the kick returner? 
there's a lot of things I would ask. I don't know that he necessarily would be playing. He wouldn't be playing nearly as much as he did at Colorado at Notre Dame. Of course, yeah. And you can say, well, look at that production. I'm like, name me a Notre Dame back right now. Jadarian Price, Jeremiah Love, you know, Audrick estimated that wouldn't have also done that, right? And if you, what's funny about it is his most of his production was in the pass game. That's where his big place came from against TCU was primarily in the pass game, at least from the part that I saw. Yeah, which is where Notre Dame was recruiting him to play, you know. So, uh, and if he was there, would they have moved Jaden Greathouse outside? Like, I, there's a lot of questions that we don't have that, that we don't know the answers to. I should say about how they would use Dylan. But look, you saw against TCU why Notre Dame went after him. He's an explosive athlete, and yep. you can use him a lot of different ways out of the backfield in the slot and the return game. You can do a lot of different things with him. He's a very dynamic player. Would he be as as would he have a would he be a factor yeah he'd be a factor it just wouldn't be the volume and the snaps that he got right. for Colorado because right. at Colorado he's not competing against Audric Estime, Chris Tyree, Jaden Greathouse, Jadarian, uh, Jadarian Price, Jer- Jeremiah Love, uh, Jabron Payne and all those kind of guys that's just that's the thing that helps him and that's why you know for him it, it you know it worked out well for him from a football standpoint that he's going somewhere that needed him a lot more and he sure. eventually would have maybe could have been that kind of guy at Notre Dame but I don't know if it would have been like game game one per se. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Football season is upon us, which means my schedule is ramping up even more than normal. And it makes it a lot harder to spend as much time cooking and preparing meals as I want and need. And eating healthy can be especially challenging. That's why I'm looking forward to getting ramped up with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, which can help me fuel up fast with chef-prepared dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to my door. With Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store and save a lot of time on food prep, but you don't have to miss out on the flavor. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready to go in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then we can get back to work. And you can choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals. You can level up and get Gourmet Plus options and treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. There are also lunch-to-go options and Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. And you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like the delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and more. You can also try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. And they have a great deal for Irish Breakdown listeners. Head to factor.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's code irish50 at factormeals.com forward slash irish50 to get 50% off. Try it and enjoy. Got a super sticker from Tom Frawley. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate Thanks, you very, Tom. very much. Oh, last last second part of his question. We, yeah, we forgot. Are, are, the second are part, you yeah. a fan of the veer and shoot offense? It's made Tennessee and Colorado relevant. 
I've talked about this before. We've been asked this question before. It's a really good scheme. I have questions about its sustainability. I've, I broke it down before. I'm not going to do it again. If you look at Josh Heupel at UCF, the longer he was there, the less effective his offense became because now teams have the book on it. There's the, 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 the on how to defend it is written. It, it's, it requires a certain level of quarterback play that also can make it inconsistent if you don't have that kind of guy. I also don't think it's an offense that can work overly well in, in the North for the course of the entire season. And I, and my perfect example is look what's happened to Ryan day his last few years at, at Ohio state and late in the year when it gets cold and windy and they can't do that. When, when, when they couldn't throw the ball against Northwestern, their offense could do nothing against one of the worst power five teams in the country. They could do nothing because they took the pass game away because the weather, why that will never happen at Tennessee. In my opinion, it, you'll never have that 30, 40, 50 mile an hour lake effect wind in Nashville, Knoxville, Tennessee, Vince. You're not going to have it when you're playing road SEC games in the South in November. You'll get rain, but rain doesn't have that same kind of impact on that type of offense as 40, because I don't care who you are. 40 mile an hour winds is going to hurt you for, for every quarterback whose name is not like Caleb Williams or Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes or John Elway, right? Like it, Brett Favre, that, that's it. Super strong arms, right? Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers types. And so uh, you have to think about that. And, 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 you know, you hear Ohio state complaining two years ago about how all oh, the weather had a big impact on the game. You're from Ohio. You know, that it's going to be cold in November. You have to gain, you have to build your, your team around that. So I just don't know that it's sustainable. Uh, as far as it made Colorado relevant guys, they played one game. Now they looked great and their, their roster's better than I thought it was going to be. But it's one game. Right. I don't know. Relevant. Deion Sanders word. made yeah. them relevant. That's Correct. who made them relevant again. Deion Sanders being there. If they if Sean Lewis was the offensive coordinator and their head coach was Carl Durrell still or Mike McIntyre still, nobody's talking about their offense. Yeah, hey, look, TCU upset or got upset by Colorado. Okay, on to the next game. The reason it's a big story is because of Deion Sanders. That, that's fine. So, but but let's see them do it for the course of an entire season, and then then we'll we'll have right. some conversations about how impactful it's going to be. There was a question in the chat about why Dylan Edwards did not come to Notre Dame. It was basically Dion. He had a relationship with Dion at Colorado. I mean, that was. The I mean, he had a, no. He had a relationship with Dion since he was a little. That's, that's what child. I meant. Right. Yeah. He was. He had a relationship with Dion, that, and Dion's at Colorado. But like, Correct. he said it in the press conference. Like, he's known the kid since he was like five years old. Like, right. And he wasn't going to go to Jackson State, but as soon as Dion went to Colorado, right, that became an issue for his commitment right. to Notre Dame, basically. And Dion could sell him on the fact that he was going to play a ton, and he did. Right. Yep. And he, yeah, and he. Well, I don't know that he necessarily gets that. At that right. If he's at Notre Dame, sure. So he would have played. Way. Like, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Dylan Edwards is an explosive athlete. Oh, he could have helped as a freshman. We were excited I'm not, about I'm not, him. Yeah. I'm not doing the whole oh well, Notre Dame. He's sitting the bench. No, if, if if he's sitting the bench in Notre Dame, you're doing something wrong as a coaching staff. Like kids like yeah, that, absolutely. you just got to get on the field. And that's something that we haven't talked a lot about, Vince. I am so excited to see this coaching staff finding ways. For, remember three years ago when Brian Kelly made one of the most ignorant comments he's ever made, and that's saying something. And I wrote an article about this, and it went it went viral. Like I, I was so this. pissed off. It was after yeah. a, a game with Chris Tyree's freshman year, and he made a comment about how Chris Tyree is here to just give Kyron Williams a breather. 
I'm like, that is why you will never win a championship because it's that ignorant mentality of, you know, first of all, part of it was just out of spite because he knew that people were, were, were wanting to see Chris Tyree. So he just makes those little comments just to take little jabs at fan at media and fans and stuff like that. But it also played out that way. And the fact that you couldn't find more ways to get Chris Tyree in the, in the ball game, you're playing the ACC title game and Chris Tyree does not touch the football until it's 34 to what was it 34 to three. You put him in the game and, and actually, if you go back and look, Clemson had most of their starters on the line, and he what does he do? Kate takes a handoff, one, one goes backside, and runs 20-some yards for a touchdown, right? Like yep. the fact that you couldn't find a way to get him the football, it says so much about you and, and your mentality. And we're watching this Notre Dame team, and, and you can say, well, you know, it's remember when Josh Adams in 2015 had 100 yards against UMass? Yeah, it was all in the second half after the game was over. Jeremiah Love scored his touchdown this past week on the first drive of the game. Jadarian Price scored his touchdown against Navy on the second drive of the game. These guys are touching the ball early. They're forcing Jaden Greathouse. They're look, if Brian Kelly was still the coach, Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores get five nope. to seven snaps a game and they're not getting targeted because they'd play Chris Tyree more. They'd play Jaden, they'd be playing Matt Salerno more and Deion Colsey more and all that. And they'd be making all these excuses about, well, they don't know the offense. They don't know this. They don't know that. This staff is saying, hey, look. Jaden Greathouse doesn't have to know the entire offense right now. Rico doesn't have to know there. Don't ask Jeremiah Love to be a, a great pass blocker and a great run blocker. And a, no, he can do this, put him on the field, and get him the freaking football. That's what we recruited him to do. I love that mentality. We haven't talked a lot about that, Vince, but that is something that I'm excited to see. Now, that means they would have done that for Dylan Edwards, too. They would Absolutely. have found a way to get Dylan Edwards the football. Yes. There's no doubt. Because yes. I honestly believe if he signs in their name, they don't go get Devin Ford. That's Agreed. what I think. No, I agree with that. Uh, and and, and yeah. they'd be having Dylan do what Devin Ford did, basically. Kick returner and that kind of stuff. That's what I think. So uh, I love the fact that the staff is doing that. I mean, absolutely. But just the, the whole Tennessee-Colorado thing, I just – with anything, guys, I'm just never one of those people that gets into the fads. I need to see that fad be sustained over a period of time. And I need to see that fad actually, like, win a championship, right? Because, like, it hasn't yet. And and so I I think the world of Josh I think is a really smart guy, but I just need to see him win something important first. You're right. Okay, they've put numbers up, but you know what? Their defense is taking a step back. They don't run the football the way they need to. Now he that doesn't mean he won't do it. I'm not saying he won't do. It. I like Josh Heupel quite a bit. I mean, as as a football coach, and and I like Sean Lewis. His offense doesn't fit at Notre Dame. That's my problem. That that's where I come down on it. Right. Like that's 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 where I'm just like I just don't know that that fits here. Because you have to take into account where you are. And, and what I mean by that is not where you are at Notre Dame, as if like, you know, Notre Dame has to be this run oriented team because Newt Rockney did this. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying you're in South Bend, Indiana. That's what I'm talking about, right, Vince? It's, it's you're Absolutely. in South Bend, Indiana. You know the realities of, of being in this place and, and what the weather can do to you in, in this place. And that's, that's what I'm getting down to. And the thing I liked about Sean Lewis when he was at, at, uh, th- that I'll say about Sean Lewis relative because he's the OC for for Colorado. The thing I liked about him when he was at Kent State is his version of this offense was a lot more run oriented than the one that Josh Heupel runs at Tennessee. It's very different. And if you look at his numbers at Kent State, for example, because I remember digging into him when when Notre Dame's OC vacant vacancy was there because he was a guy that was on sort of the the somewhat medium list of guys that they were looking at early. But you look at twenty twenty. Actually, even just last year, his last year, when they they were it was probably the worst offense he had. 
last five games, he only had 116 yards against Eastern Michigan, but in uh, six games. But in the other five games down the stretch, they had 231 rushing, 242 rushing, 225 rushing, 201 rushing, and 214 rushing. Uh, in 2021, when they were a lot more explosive offensively, if you look at that year, they had 494 yards rushing, 226 against Texas A&M. At Kent State, 226 yards against Texas A&M, 262, 226, 200, 360, 410, 303, 319, 195 in the in the MAC, MAC championship game. So he was much more balanced than Josh Heupel has been. And, and uh, I'm curious to see how that's going to be at Colorado because obviously they weren't super balanced against – TCU, but I, I don't know that um, that was necessarily what the game plan needed, to be honest with you. And I, and I don't think Colorado's running backs are as good as their receivers. And as I said, Dylan Edwards is more of a receiver than he is a running back, in my opinion, at this level. He's not a 25 carry, you know, 15, 20 carry guy on a consistent basis. So I'm curious if he's going to do that because I don't know if 55 yards rushing and 500 yards passing is sustainable when right, you start exactly. playing and teams yeah. get three, four games of film on you. You know yep. what I mean? But who yep. cares? That's what they needed in week one. That's not a criticism of yeah. in week one. It's just, yeah. like, you, you got that. That's part of this thing. Like we're talking about Notre Dame. Like this stuff's not, some of this stuff's not sustainable because you're just, it's not sustainable that Notre Dame's only going to give up 53 and a half passing yards per game. It's not sustainable, right? It worked now, but you're going to have to, you know, do some things down the road. And that's where Colorado's going to have to be. Relic Q with the super chat. Thank you very much. Hey, gentlemen, just happy we're back in a new football season. Me too. The, they have things to work on, but one thing they seem to have gained is a lot of confidence. Great content and go Irish. Relic Q, I completely agree with you. They are playing, you know, defensively, they're playing with a lot of confidence. The, I think the crowd got them, you know, they played off the energy of the crowd. I thought the defense started to fly around after the second series. And and the offense, how can you not play with confidence offensively based on what they've done up to this point? Yes, there's some stuff, like you said, there's stuff you can clean up. But big picture, 12 drives, 11 touchdowns, and a missed field goal. Like, that's yeah. – how can you not be confident when you look at that? You know well, what I mean? And they were confident going into it. That, that confidence sure. led to the success. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing we like. Now it's like, now don't get overconfident, right? What do we say? Hey, you've handled adversity well as a team. You showed that last year when you went three and three and then finished great. You know, you finished and you get in the bowl game. You're missing your two best players. You're missing Cam Hart. You're missing some guy. And you go out and you handle your business. Now show that you can handle success, right? That's key. LSU, to me, big thing yesterday, like take away the shade of Brian Kelly. That's a team that did not know how to handle success. Absolutely. They get all this preseason hype, top five team. They're leading by three points at halftime. And they just got out hit. They got out fought. They got out coached. They got out played in the second half because that's a team that doesn't know how to to handle. They didn't. They showed me they don't know how to handle success. And that's always been an issue for me with Brian Kelly. Always been an issue with me. Everything that we saw last night, Vince is like, God, I've seen this story written. It's like, it's just seen this. We've seen this story written so many times before. Yeah, it was like it was like a rerun. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's what it felt like. I would, yeah. The first half was like, okay, you know, it's kind of back and forth, back and forth. And then the second half, it was like, oh, I've seen this before. Like, yeah. I just kind of sat back and just watched it happen, man. And yep. 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 Uh, Leviathan, thank you very much for the super chat. I think it would help to explain what you mean by let the D-line loose. I think you mean not sending blitzing linebackers quite as often. Yeah. But maybe you're talking about defensive line assignment playing contain fill the hole. I'm going to be a little sarcastic here, Leviathan, but I'm doing it in good fun, not to make fun of you. But like, there's this little oblong thing called a football, 
you tell your D line, go get it. Right. Like <laughs> and now I'm being a little funny there, but my, my point is I've always believed that the best defenses are ones that are D line driven. And Marcus Freeman always says, we're going to be a D line driven team. Well, Al Golden's not playing like he's a D line driven coordinator. In my opinion this week, it was hard to tell against Navy because it's a different animal, but for one game and we only have one data point, but to me, this was the the game where you should have turned them loose. Meaning like, hey, let's go shoot gaps, stop the run, get after the quarterback, and then we'll bring our blitzes that complement our D-line really being turned loose. So it's about letting them attack, not just engage with an offensive lineman and kind of stay there and try to eat up blocks and let the, run, let the running backs kind of come through. Let them attack. Let them be aggressive because when the ball snapped nine times out of ten, who are the closest people to the football? The defensive linemen, right? Turn them loose. And that's what I want to just see a little more of from them. And it's not crazy. It's again, he's not Brian Van Gorder and John Tenuta and and all that. That's not what I'm saying. It's just about building an elite defense that just concerns me against some of the better teams. Now, if they go out there against Ohio State and NC State and Duke and they're still blitzing like this and it's still effective, then hey, I'll say, you know what? I was wrong. You can actually do that. I just don't know that you can um, when you have the safeties that they have. That's kind of my concern, too. It's like you don't have the safeties that can protect you, in my opinion, outside of maybe Xavier Watts. Now, hopefully the what Ramon Henderson did on Saturday kind of is the wake-up call for him, and, and that would be great. Talking about that would be great. move, man. Holy cow. Connor Grant, thanks for the super chat. My girlfriend thinks Colorado versus Notre Dame would be a good game. I say we'd run all over them. What say you? Well, one game does not completely change my opinion about Colorado all I've seen being like they've arrived. Like, I mean, just, I don't know. I think it's ill-advised to kind of do that much yapping after one game, right? We've seen teams have big wins early and then kind of not be good after that, right? You know, get, show me some sustained success. But when I watch Colorado, I still see a team that has some holes and their biggest hole, Vince, is still in the trenches, both sides yeah. of the ball. Their O-line's yeah. not that good and their D-line's not that good. Shador Sanders made some great plays of extending the pocket and doing some of that kind of stuff, buying time, keeping his eyes downfield. He showed me much better pocket field than I anticipated just because he was never, he was never stressed like that a whole lot at Jackson state for a a lot of reasons, but you know, just his poise in the pocket was impressive, but he's going to need that as he gets into the season and starts playing better defenses because TCU is, as we, as we talked about, TCU is not a good defense. And, and uh, you look at how they finished the year, the last couple of years. I mean, you know, this what Colorado did to him was awesome, but that's kind of who they are, you know, yeah. last year. If you look at all the good teams they played last year, they held Oklahoma to 4.4 yards per play. Oklahoma wasn't good last year, and they didn't have a quarterback. They gave up 7.5 per play against Kansas. They gave up 7.4 against Kansas State. They gave up, see, 6.6 against Baylor, who's not even that good. They gave up 5.3 in the in the title game against Kansas State in a loss. They gave up 7.0 against Michigan. They gave up 8.2 against Georgia in a loss, and then they gave up 7.0 against Colorado. Like they're they're not a good defense, and their defensive line is especially problematic. I think that would be a good matchup for Notre Dame, but then they also have some skill on the perimeter that Notre Dame would have to contend with. I just think Notre Dame matches up better against them because they do have Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart and those kind of guys on the perimeter. I also wonder how sustainable 100, 
however 20 snaps a game it is for Travis Hunter to play that much for an entire 12 game season. My guess is going to be, there's going to be some games this year against maybe there's some matchups where it's like, Hey, we don't necessarily need him in this game. You know, I would hope like maybe in a couple weeks when they're playing Colorado state that maybe he doesn't play quite as much in that particular matchup. And then maybe you can save some snaps from him either on defense or offense. And maybe you take some snaps away from him on both sides of the ball in some of these games. But uh, um, I just, man, that's, that's a tough one, but he was fun to watch. I mean, some of the stuff TCU did on Saturday was dumb, just dumb mistakes. But a couple of those plays were just like, dude, that was a great play by the Colorado kid. Like the interception Travis Hunter had near the goal line, the great read by the safety to come backside and pick off that end zone seam route. They made plays, man. Hats off to Colorado. I just, I need to see it sustain. I need to see it over a period of time. That's, that's my only thing. Nathan Milton with the super chat says, number one, how did the linebackers play? And number two is pin and pull so far, the most productive run play. Well, Nathan, you're a member of the message board. So I've got the whole breakdown on the message board. So I'm not going to really get into that here on the show because that's meant to be content for the premium message board only. Uh, so it certainly had some big plays on Saturday, but it has, I wouldn't, I mean, just, yeah, just dive, look at those numbers. I have it all. I have the efficiency numbers, yards per play, total yards, total carries, left, right, out of 11, out of 12, all that stuff. So you can uh, check that out. I even have some plays, some some all 22 film breakdowns, or not film breakdowns, but film cutups of those. So you'll check those out as well. Nathan Milton with the Super Chat. Thoughts on LSU's play calling? I mean, I didn't think their play calling was really all that bad. I thought they got their butts whooped up front and their running game. I mean, look, the whole reason Logan Diggs transferred to LSU is because their running backs are not that good. And without Logan Diggs last night, they were not that good. Right. right? I mean, they're just not not that good. They could not keep, they could not be balanced. And yeah, you could say he could have tried this and tried that, but I I thought the problem was they got their, they got their butts whooped in the second half. And typical of a Brian Kelly football team, they really didn't make any halftime adjustments. And, and and again, halftime adjustments can be overstated sometimes. But Florida State made some adjustments, and LSU didn't. And LSU didn't handle when Florida State jumped on them a little bit. And yes, so I, I, I think the execution yeah. was not always great, which is going to happen in week one. I didn't think the play calling was necessarily terrible on offense. I thought their there defensive play calling was the that's, bigger issue for me. Yeah, go that's, ahead. That's that. that's that's my issue was they had no adjustments for florida state's big receivers and when they asked brian kelly about it in the post game he's like yeah they played as well as they could how about you put them in a better position like that's so throwing the players under the bus yeah they're just not good enough wait guys look it's him making excuses you know what we just don't have good enough players yet Right, get one game. He's already laying that groundwork. We, yes. you know, hey, we don't have good enough players yet. You know, we just got to go and get better players. This isn't DBU anymore, folks. You know what I mean? Right. Patrick like, Peterson's not walking through that door. That was like, the well, worst. Whose fault is that? That was the worst answer to a question in that entire post, and that's saying something too. Yeah. Uh, during that entire post game, because they made no adjustments defensively, and Florida State just kept picking them apart. Yeah. Just kept throwing, and and Florida State had some devastating drops. Two yeah. and they still were picking them apart. So you had to make adjustments defensively if you wanted to be back in that game, and they did nothing defensively. That was the issue. I, I have no issue really with the way Mike Denbrock called the game. I really don't like. The, yes, they left some points on the on the board when they were in the red zone, and I, I get all of that. It was the defensive play calling that was the problem. Yes, 
agree. Very much agree. I, I didn't like how they used uh, how, Harold, uh, Harold Perkins either. Yeah. They didn't really turn him loose. Uh, yeah. I just, if you, if you, if they're playing the best you can, then give them help. Like, even yeah. if it's true that their defensive backs are not good enough to run with the Florida State guys, which they're not, because they're not good enough. They're not as good as Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. And you know who else will be? Most of the teams that Florida State plays this year. Right. That's why you do things to try to neutralize them schematically instead of just complaining about, well, you did the best we can. Well, then why did you put them in those many situations where they could get beat that way? Exactly. Why were you allowing your corners to be on an island as much as you were? So, yeah, I just I love how he does that. I, I, I really, I really, really love how he does that. That's amazing. It's like you knew oh. it was coming, right? And he didn't. Oh. He didn't say how long he's been coaching, but he did say he did say I've been doing this a long time. I did thought I thought I did hear did him it? say that in the post game. I thought so. I could. I'd have to go back and listen, but I, I, I thought I remembered him saying something like that. But it's just it's a broken Classic. record, man. An absolute broken record. Joe Poppity, thank you very much for the super chat. Hey guys, what I see most is a team that has a different attitude, a totally different attitude and approach under Freeman. Both of those games were over by half. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a great point, Vince, because we've often con, we've often complained in the past. I love what Joe's saying here about, you know, man, you had so many teams last year that you should have put away early and you didn't. And yes. that was a big mantra in Brian Kelly's tenure. You know, it's like, why didn't you put these teams away early? And outside of 2019 with Chip Long against like BG and New Mexico, we, we saw that a lot, right? Where, you know, they just, I mean, you had Sam Hartman on the bench at halftime. When was the last time we saw that? You know what I mean? And and I thought it made sense to do it. I thought it was smart to do it, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, I just – this team has come out and just they're putting teams away early. And, yeah, yeah, the defense is bending a little bit early, but you know what they're not doing early? Giving up those big plays that let teams get into the end zone. Right. Right? They're not giving up the points. I mean, they've given up a field goal. And he's first going to have some missed field goals and all that. So, okay, so they would have had – they would have been giving up 12 points in two games this year instead of six. Right? Okay. Sure. But yeah, I mean, they, like you said, Joe, they, and this is the thing about you. There's a lot. I would hope, I hope, you know, cause coach Freeman's going to come in the press conference and, and, and talk positive and be all that as he should as teams two and oh, and they've outscored a right. plus 90 to six. He shouldn't be out there like ripping his team apart. Right. My hope, however, is in the film room that they're there's, Hey guys, look, and there's two ways to look at it. One is like, you know, we got to stop making these mistakes or, or we're going to get beat down the road. That's one way to do it. The other way to do it is, guys, we've outscored our opponents 98 to 6, and there's a lot we can clean up. Think about how good we can be right. if we start playing this game a little bit cleaner. This is what you're capable of. That's more how I would be doing it with this particular team, because I think this team is already pretty confident. You don't need to tear their confidence down. You need to say, hey, guys, if you think you're good now, imagine what you could be if you – keep moving your feet on that pass pro Correct. and Sam gets time to hit Jaden Greathouse over the middle or hit, hit Tobias Mario on that post route. You know, hey, Holden Stace, imagine if you finish this block off. Well, hey, Tobias, imagine if you, you know, execute this top end a little bit better. You know, hey, Marist or, or Cam, imagine if you do a better job attacking in space or if you, DJ, if you clean this up, right, if you do this, guys, we can be great, but we've got to play cleaner. That's the standard in Notre Dame football. we got to play cleaner. That's the way I would hope that they're just pointing all that stuff out. Like, hey, you guys can be special, but we can't be making these mistakes. We've got I, I expect more of this. I hope we saw a lot of that in the film session or you know with these players because well, when they clean that stuff up, Vince, they're gonna be be really, really, really good. But yeah. the point is, and I'll let you get to your point, Vince, is what I have yet to question, even on Saturday, with all the mistakes that were happening, I was never like, 
they're not ready to play today. They're they're not playing hard. They're not playing physical. They're not play, they weren't focused on Saturday against Tennessee State. There was a clear lack of focus, but they were still flying around in the football. Yep. Matter of fact, Thomas Harper was a little too aggressive on the passenger. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's been a great thing. And, and to Joe's point, that's allowed them to come out and out talent people. Right. In ways that they haven't been able to out talent people to this degree in the past. I mean, Notre Dame last year, Vince, let, let's, let's, I'm, I'm, I, this has just kind of popped in my head. I want to, I want to give you this stat last season, Notre Dame averaged, let's see, 31.8 points per game. Right. And the year before that, in 2021, they were 35.2. The year before that, they were 33.4. That's what they've averaged the last two years. Right now, Notre Dame is averaging 31.5 points per game in the first half. <laughs> That's Think true. about that. Right? Because they, 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 they scored 28 against Navy. They only scored, what, 14 in the second half because, you know, the game was over. They scored 56 against Tennessee State, but 35 of those were in the first half. They only scored 21 in the second half because, again, they called off right. the dogs. Right. I, and I also I didn't say this. You know what I also I loved about the game yesterday? When they put Steve Angeli and Kenny Minch in the game, they let them run the offense. Yeah, 100%. Loved that. Loved yep. that. They weren't taking shots and throwing bombs and doing all the stuff that I think is running up the score. But they let those kids run the offense. They let the offensive linemen run the offense. They let Chase Ketterer get a ball in space and you know catch a football. I loved that. But yep. that's a mentality that you have to have as in a program. Where you you can't have this mentality of hey guys, you know, game's over, just go out there and run. No, that's it's it's against everything a football coach should be teaching. When you go out there, I need you to give me everything you got. I don't care if it's seventy to nothing. I'll 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 handle the not running it up with the play calling. But whatever I call, you better give it to me. Give me yeah. everything you got. I don't care what the score is. And we're seeing that now. The stuff's just got to get cleaned up right now. As they get deeper in the season, you just got to clean some stuff up. Yep. But I love the mindset and the mentality this team has showed, Vince. And if they can clean that stuff up, this team's got a chance to be really good. If they don't, they'll stub their toe a couple times, maybe. Yeah. It may be once. And, and sometimes stubbing your toe isn't losing. It just means Not yeah, that great. team played you tougher than they should have. And that's going right. to happen, just like it did to 2019 LSU against Auburn. Just like it did against 2019 LSU against Texas. Right? It, it's going to happen. doesn't always mean losing. just means that eh, game was probably closer than it should have been. Just clean that stuff, but if you don't, if you do clean that stuff up, this team's gonna be hard to beat, man. Very hard to beat, yep. especially after what I saw in week one. Because would you be rather us talking about what we're talking about with Notre Dame, or would you rather be covering that team in Columbus and the issues they had on Saturday, right? That team in Baton Rouge and the issues they had this past weekend, that team in Fort Worth and the issues they've had this past weekend, right? I mean, they're in a pretty good place to be right now, in yes. my opinion. Connor Grant, thanks for the super chat. Where would you rank Notre Dame after this week? Haven't done my ranking yet, partly because I'm waiting on this game to be finished. Right. I have them 10th preseason, Vince. They'll move up at least one because I believe I had LSU ranked ahead of them. So they'll at least move up at least one spot. But I I haven't gone through and done the rankings yet. I like to honestly, Connor, wait till all the games are done before I even start thinking about the rankings because I don't get preconceived ideas in my head. But once this game tonight between Duke and uh, Clemson, which is seven to six at halftime, by the way, Clemson, yeah. Duke, it's been very sloppy. Yes, it uh, has. By both very teams. sloppy. But uh, yeah, I'll have that out tomorrow because I'm going to, I did a preseason IB top 25 and then I'm going to release it every week. I didn't do it after week zero because most teams didn't play. Right. So I'm try, fall, like the AP and coaches poll won't come out till tomorrow because the game's on Sunday and Monday. I'll have my top 25 out tomorrow morning 
and I'll let you know. And I'm not saying that Connor, cause like, I don't want to tell you what it is on the show. I honestly haven't done it yet. So I, I couldn't say they're definitely gonna be in the top 10. Cause I had them in the top 10 preseason. And they haven't done anything to make me think they shouldn't be. Top and they 10. should be, I mean, exactly. they should be in the top 10. Exactly. Yep. Last, last one here, Vince. All right. David Prevo. Uh, thanks for the super chat. I know it's off topic, but can we get a BK upon for the review next offseason from Brian, preferably uncensored? No, you'll so first of all, me uncensored, this is me uncensored. Right. I would never come on a show swearing and cussing. That's just not the ever the I mean, I, look, I, I Vince knows. I I curse at times, right? I would never present that in this kind of show because I want my nephew and my nieces to be able to watch this show. I want your kids to be able to, I, I had a, it was a really cool moment, Vince, when we were coming back from one of the fall, early fall practices, I was meeting, Aunt, it was the, I went to the press conference. It was the first week because Sean was on vacation. So I went to the press conference and I was walking over to legends to meet Ange for lunch. Cause she was okay. shot in videos that day. And this girl who's on campus, I should maybe look like a freshman or sophomore at Notre Dame. They all look so young to me now. I know. Seriously. She comes up to me and she's like, um, are you Brian Driscoll? I'm like, I am. And she's telling me how her and her dad watched the show together. She's like, and my dad loves watching. Well, how do you know what I look like if you're not watching the show with your dad? I thought that was kind of pretty cool, right? But it's like, I want a father and son or a father and daughter or a husband and wife or a daughter and son or whatever to be able to watch our show without having to worry about, gee, what are they going to say today? Yep. Yep. That's just my, that's just how look, I want to do it. People can my, do whatever they want. I'm just saying, yeah. but like for us, my so this is me show. uncensored. I'll be yeah. passionate. My passion may come out a little bit more. And every now and then we'll slip up with a word that I'm like, I wish we wouldn't have said that, but sure. No, this, but, yeah. th- you'll never see that, that me on this. I look, David also, I know you're kind of, David's having some fun here. Right. But I just want you to know, this is what, this is me uncensored. Like I don't hold things back. And that's why Brian Kelly hated me so much when he was here. Right. Cause there was like, you're just mad that he left. I'm like, yeah, you didn't pay attention to what I said about him the last four years of his tenure. No <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, this is me uncensored. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's it. Right. Yep. And, but uh, no, I would never like, that's like, we wouldn't, I, I, I thought about going live last night, Vince, but my voice was a little shot. That's why we didn't do the show last night, but I would never go like, I had some fun on Twitter on the message board, but I just kind of felt like that would be taking it to, in a direction. I didn't want to go of just doing yeah. a show to just bang on LSU. Right. It's like, nah, I wouldn't do it. But yeah. uh Yep. Yeah, it, it, I, it'd be fun. Maybe, maybe here's the, here's one, David. Maybe if we, if we get a tailgate and you guys want to bring that, different. yes, bring that conversation <laughs> up. Yes. I Come may on let loose a little bit more. Yeah. My kids actually <laughs> watch the show. They'll actually throw yeah. some comments in the chat and stuff like that. So like, yeah, we, we want this yeah. to be, you know, normal yeah. for them yeah. to be able to listen. But to I it. also want Dave to know, like, but trust me, I don't hold opinions back unless it's Dude. like something I'm only saving for the message board or something like that. But trust me, I don't, right. I, I, I may alter the delivery method, right? You know, Vince knows that sometimes, but uh, you're getting my honest opinion. There's no of doubt course. about that. Yep. No doubt about that. Oh yeah. All right. Here's uh Okay, here's, Leviathan here's with another one. One super up. chat. Uh, thank you very, very much. You guys made me as critical of Notre Dame as I have ever been. I've watched every game for the past 25 years. It's the best team I've ever seen to start, and I love how we can still be critical of Notre Dame. He means that in the most positive way. Cr- yeah. That, that means Critiquing. he's watching the film like a coach, right. which is Critiquing. awesome. That's yeah. what we want. Like, that's what right. we want. 
it's not criticism. It's being critical. It's critical thinking. It's, it's, it's being, and I, and that's what we want people to be. It's like, I don't ever want to be that guy that just always looking for negatives to pick people apart. And I also don't want to be that guy that just blows smoke up everybody's behinds and tries to spin everything into a negative. Right. Right. Like, like, let's just say hypothetically, Notre Dame was ranked in the preseason top five and, and, uh, lost their first two games. One of them at home to Marshall. I'm not spinning that. Well, you know, look guys, you know, we went after them on that, but then when they play better, we were, praise them for it right yep, absolutely. And, I, and if like let's say they were preseason top five this year and they would have played another top 10 team preseason and just got embarrassed on national tv i'm not going to be like hey you guys are just mad because of one game no you've lost three of four your closest game in your three of four is a 15 point loss a team that went five and seven this isn't just about one game fellas this is about a pattern that we've seen for 11 years that you guys will learn and all i can say vince is I tried to warn them. I, I tried to warn them. I tried to be nice about it. I went on their shows. I was respectful to them until they tried to come at me. And then they had to get served a little bit. I just, you know, it's like, like Jay-Z said, like, you know, I, I hate to do it just as much as you hate to have it done. You know what I mean? But it's, it, you know, but it, it's gotta be done, you know? So. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah. That whole, that I, whole stretch of time was awesome so much way. fun it was so great yeah. so great yep 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 some of the comments by the... <laughs> that's got to be an lsu fan with some of these ignorant comments i'm seeing over here <laughs> oh my goodness all right so anyway vince that's going to uh do it for today's show man so why don't you uh all right well thank yes you, and, everybody and john john kievers yes we are dropping some jay-z lines today I mean, look, that I still say this. I don't care what anybody says. His first album, Reasonable Doubt, is still the best album Jay-Z ever had. And that <laughs> quote was from his first album. But yes, that by far to me, that's Jay-Z's best album. Still, still. So anyway, but yes, we are. We are dropping those. We are dropping those. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us on a special edition of Upon Further Review, the Monday night edition. Uh, We will be back to our most likely be back to our normal Sunday night uh, rotation uh, at eight o'clock Sunday night for uh, our Upon Further Review for NC State. But stay locked into Irish Breakdown, folks, because we got a whole week's worth of pregame for the NC State game that is coming up on at noon on this coming Saturday afternoon shows ivy nation sports talk all the good stuff it's going to be coming your way all week long so stay locked in boards at irishbreakdown.com you're going to get all the good stuff from a breakdown standpoint from the game it's all this new stuff that brian's putting on the board is always there and then of course the recruiting all the all of the uh the intel and just we went even more in depth this week on the breakdowns because i actually went running back so like i have a breakdown of the running backs uh, for the season, and I'll start putting like each game, but we have a season where you can look and get Audric Estime's stats in this game. Uh, from for, I mean, excuse me, for the first two games, you can get his stats running left and right. You can get his stats running out of 11 personnel, 12 personnel, third personnel, what his stats are when he's handed the ball off in shotgun, under center, first down, second down, third down his numbers on inside zone, his numbers on duo, his numbers on counter, his numbers on G toss, his numbers on power, and then for every other back. So there's so much of that stuff, and that's going to be premium mes- membership stuff only. So you can get that at boards on our yeah, I out. promise you, 
when you look at the content we have, it is it is it is definitely worth the money uh, that we're charging. Yes. I can, oh my gosh. I can promise you that. I can promise it's not you even that. close. And, and people in the chat will say the same thing. Same. Not thing. even close. Not even yep. close. So. <laughs> My man, 10 day came at you, Vince. I saw, I saw, <laughs> I can never skank it away from it. I got people coming dude. at, I got, I got people coming at me when I'm out to dinner. Yeah. I got, you know, I just, you know, it is what it is. All right, guys. Hey, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. Give us a five-star review, all that fun stuff. And again, check out boards.irishbreakdown.com. Check out the merch store. Some good stuff in the merch store as well so see i got got that you know we're we're here okay we're here so for brian i'm vince thanks for joining us on another edition of the irish breakdown podcast